Welcome to Greyhounds Make Great Pets with Rory Goray, TJ Beater, and Kathy Goray. Each week, we talk about the connections between owners and their pets with an emphasis on topics that apply to greyhounds. If you want to hear more about your best friend, stay tuned. Now, here are your hosts. Hola, amigos. It's time once again for Greyhounds Make Great Pets. Except today, it's all about Galgos. Okay? Well, then you have come to the right place as our guest, Jennifer Janiak-Ross of Galgo Pedenko Support, will be giving your plucky GMGP host a course in Galgo 101. Jen will explain to those of us who may not know exactly what a Galgo is, describe their plight, as well as setting straight some Galgo myths. And we will be talking about Jen's experiences traveling and rescuing Galgos in Spain and the work that is done by the volunteers of Galgo Padenko Support. So keep your ear right here because we have an awesome show for you. Now I'm here. Rory's here. Unfortunately, TJ is not here with us this week. But before we bring on our guest, I believe Rory has something he'd like to update us on. Well, good morning and uh, welcome to the show, everyone. First of all, I did just kind of want to brief brief everyone on the show. Last week, we did bring up uh, an issue about a greyhound named Sparky. And I just wanted to uh, thank everyone who has participated on the Justice for Sparky uh, Facebook page. And if you have not gone to the Facebook page, I would encourage you to. Again, it's Justice for Sparky. no, no, no dog deserves to be uh, beat with a hammer, sledgehammer, whatever it was. Um, like it was poor, a sledgehammer. Like poor Sparky was, um, and who unfortunately Sparky died from from this episode. And we're just asking for everyone to uh, join the Facebook page, and um, on there we have the information on, on how to contact the prosecutor because they really should look into this and bring up charges if they're if they're warranted because again no 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 dog i i don't care if it's a wiener dog a a, a galgo a greyhound no dog deserves to go through what sparky did and uh we just want to want to see justice done um so please that, that is true because uh, please again, just visit the uh, Justice for Sparky uh, Facebook page, and you'll ha- have information there on what to do. And we did have—I forget what was it—our second show on um, the Irish Greyhounds, and um, as many people I know, I think our third. Yes. Yeah, know that we have been working um, with the uh, uh, Irish Greyhound group in uh, Canada, um, Flight and uh, GPA and Flight. Uh, we've been having several meetings with the folks over in Ireland uh, the last several weeks. And um, we are in the process of getting the first uh, shipment of Irish greyhounds um, on their way over to the United States. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think the first seven or eight will be coming over in the next uh, few weeks. And um, for, we'll see how that goes there. We're wanting to start slow because uh, we want to make sure that it's done right and no dogs are put at risk because, the, again, the, the goal and as you'll hear from our guest today, the goal is to, to get these dogs into uh, loving homes. We, we don't want to create any incidents that put the dogs at harm. So we're going to start off slow, work through any kinks we have, and um, we'll hopefully be bringing in more than uh, 28 a month. Well, it is good to hear. Greyhounds are going green. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> or Irish. Hey, I, I have, there's a T-shirt idea there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright by there you go. Um, but, hey, don't you think um, it's time for our guest? I think so. All right. Well, why don't you do the honors? Or do you want well, me you to? Can do it. You, you've got it. Oh, it's, it's always my fault. It, I'm, I'm all right. Well, as, as, <laughs> as I mentioned previously, our guest today is Jennifer Janiak-Ross of Galgo Pedenko Support. And she is going to give Rory and I an education on Galgo 101. Jen, welcome to Greyhounds Make Great Pets. Well, thank you so much, guys. It's so good to talk to you. And thank you so much for featuring the Galgos today on your show. Yeah, oh, well, a- we're, you know, they're, they're here, there, and everywhere, and we're seeing them more and more <laughs> at, at events across the country, and, and a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of Greyhound owners are also bringing a Galgo into their home. So um, yep. while we live in a very um, kind of small bubble in, in the regards of, of information, we're all very, you know, sight-hound-centric, um, there are a lot mm-hmm. of people that are listening to our show that may not know exactly what a Galgo is and, and what you guys do. So it's, you know, really, in, in essence, Galgo's for dummies today. So we're the dummies. You're, <laughs> the, <laughs> you're the knowledgeable one. So let's, let's oh, start off easy. <laughs> well, no, I'm starting you off easy. Um, tell us, what is a Galgo? Is it a breed? Is it a Spanish word for greyhounds? Exactly what is it when we see the word Galgo? <laughs> That that's a loaded question. So um, it is in fact a breed. So um, you'll have, hear a lot of people call a Galgo a Spanish greyhound, um, or in fact, sometimes when I am with my greyhound and I see Spanish-speaking people, they'll call him a Galgo. In fact, what a Galgo is is it is a separate breed of dog. It is a sighthound, and it is similar to a greyhound, but it is, in fact, different. Um, actually, they come from North Africa and came across the Iberian Peninsula by the Phoenicians. So <clears throat> although they're very similar, they are, in fact, different. Um, but they are sighthounds, and they do run very fast. Um, what makes them different is, uh, number one, where a greyhound is made for short distances or sprinting, a Galgo is made for endurance or long distances. So that is probably going to be your primary difference as far as when you start to look at them. Um, they are different in um, physically. Uh, generally, they're a little bit smaller than a greyhound. <clears throat> Typically, a male will be more the size of a female greyhound. I am giving you all generalizations because I have also seen ones that are absolutely giant. So, you know, what we're talking about here is just kind of in general what they are as a breed. <clears throat> yep. yep. Okay. So generally they're That's a little fine. bit smaller. Um, they have a deeper, wider chest. Um, when you look at them side by side, you know, people who are not trained to, to look at the dogs can think that they look just like a greyhound. But the more you see the two of them together, the more you'll notice the differences. So, like I said, their, their chests well, are my- deeper and wider. My biggest thing that I know always seem to notice is the the ear, maybe the placement or the yep. shape or just the the floppy, mm-hmm. let's call it. That definitely yep. gives it yep. away for me. Um, and when you yes. say chest, would I you say that's that more along the lines of an AKC, you know, wider chest versus a racer chest? Uh, let's say for even a li- even a little bit wider, even a little bit wider. 
So, um, oh, okay. and like I said, when you see them side by side, you can really notice it. Um, the ears are a total giveaway. Um, and, and again, this is a total generalization. Um, sometimes their ears mm-hmm. can actually look almost hound-like where they'll flap over and they can actually be fairly long. Um, they also don't go back quite in the way that a greyhound's ears go. Um, I mean, they can pull them back, but not quite as tight and not quite as tight to the head. Um, their hips are a bit higher and they have more curvature to their backs. Um, generally, their heads are a bit elongated. Uh, they tend to, um, it's not uncommon to have Roman noses, so that nose that kind of curves down and has like a little uh, twitch in it. Um, that's very, very common for a Galgo. Uh, they have whip tails, so their tails are very, very long and much thinner than a greyhound's tail, believe it or not. And a lot of people actually say that they seem to have almost a sadder-looking face. They're not sad dogs, but they seem to have that sort of very sad, forlorn face. So you know, that's uh, kind of how it kind of Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I notice it yeah. mostly in the eyes. Um, and then the colors. Um, there are all of the colors that you have with a greyhound, but then you also have some other mm. colors, like... Um, I've seen a few beautiful chocolate brown galgos. Now, I've never seen a chocolate brown greyhound, but really one that look um, like a a color similar to um, like a chocolate lab or even a little bit lighter. Sometimes also the brindles tend to look more like a marbling. So um, uh, it's not uncommon to see sort of a gray and white marbled look, which is technically a brindle. But again, it's not mm-hmm. one like I've seen in a greyhound. Um, also, there's um, some other variances as far as in uh, sort of uh, brown brindles that are darker but not the same as a greyhound, as well as sort of a blondy color. Um, and oftentimes, they also have sort of um, masking colors on their faces. So again, all these little things, you know, to the untrained eye, you might not know that it's different than a greyhound. But once you start really looking at them, you can really see it. So those are sort of the physical differences of a Galgo. Right. Well, and from an artist standpoint, I'm sure you see it. Mm -hmm. I I see it automatically. (laughs) It's it's like saying, oh, well, a greyhound's an Italian greyhound. It's all the same thing. No, it's not. Because when you try to draw them, it's a whole different ballgame. Exactly. It's a whole different ballgame. You got it. You got it. And that's the fun part of being an artist uh, is that you get to really look at those things with a with a crazy eye and yeah they're not they're not exactly. alike to me at all so, um, now what there there are some fuzzy galgos that i have seen now yes. is that yes. is that normal mm-hmm. or is that through um bringing in another breed to get the the furry fuzzy I believe, well, it is normal. I mean, um, I love the fuzzies. I think that they're a riot. So, yeah, there's sort of a longer wire-haired uh, Galgo. And, you know, I'm unclear as to where it really comes from, if it was bred. I mean, obviously it was bred differently. Um, but they, mm-hmm. they are fairly common. And they're really crazy because um, once they get into your home and they're eating all that good food and they're getting groomed regularly and stuff, their hair really gets crazy. So, I mean, it can really be fairly long, and they can actually get, like, these funny little beards that grow, and they really have a great yes. character to them. So, yeah, and it's, it's a shorter hair. I mean, you don't have to have them, you know, clipped or, you know, groomed or anything differently. I mean, you, you obviously will want to wash them and brush them, but um, they, they really mm-hmm. have kind of an, a really crazy look to them. So. Um, well, okay, so where... Um, 
are they found naturally other than Spain? Are they in other countries throughout Europe, or is it um, predominantly Spain? It's predominantly Spain. Um, So, I mean, you will find, um, you know, uh, Portugal can have some, and, you know, some of the islands around Spain, but um, it's, it's really primarily Spain. So. Okay. Um, now, and um, I, the one fact I do know is that they are used for hunting. I have read yes, here are. and there, and yes, I don't know are. if it's true or not. Um, are now those also used in racing in any form, um, amateur or, 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 you know, I, I don't know that there's any, um, you know, yes. betting type racing in Spain, but you would be the authority on that, not me. Yeah. So, so when they say they're used for hunting, what they're in fact used for, it's, it's a hunting, but it's really more of a coursing. So um, they are hunting hares, but it's, an, it's a fairly organized uh, racing, essentially. And people do bet on them, and there are prizes for the winners. But what they do is they take the goggles, they line them up, they release the hare, and off they go. And whoever catches the hare, that's the winner. Um, so when we're saying hunting, they're not hunting for, um, you know, catching an animal and, you know, the um, owner eating his food or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So hunting is actually a coursing, and it's a coursing of a live hare. So um, there was, in fact, um, a track that was up in Barcelona a long, long time ago, and they actually um, took Galgos and they brought some greyhounds over and um, from Ireland and England, and they actually bred them and bred a hybrid greyhound-Galgo mix to run faster to be more exciting at the track. Um, thank goodness that's long past us, um, but that was one organized version that they had up in Barcelona. Um, hey. They do have... it's. It's organized in the sense uh, Golgo uh, hunting or coursing is uh, organized in the sense they do have associations and things, um, but they are considered a hunting dog technically. Okay. So is there, is there right. like any, any rules or regulations? Is there any authority that um, oversees uh. <laughs> sees them or are they kind of just uh, loose knit doing what they want to do? Uh, it's fair, it, there are some loose organizations, but it really is a fairly loose-knit thing, and it's not anything like having, you know, the NGA or, you know, any rules or um, really rights for the dogs. Um, sadly, right. because they are considered a hunting dog, they do not have the same rights as um, animals that are considered pets in Spain. So that's one of the big problems that we have is that, you know, they, they literally are treated like a tool or a commodity. And uh, like I said, they don't have the same rights and there are not the same, um, um, you know, uh, penalties for abusing right. a Galgo uh, as there is uh, abusing a pet. So Okay. Do they have um, any, like, tattoos or microchipping or are they just... They are supposed to be microchipped, um, and they don't have tattoos. Um, sadly, you do have some situations where they are marked by their hunters, and that can be um, their ears can be ticked. So sometimes certain hunters will have a certain sort of clipping that they'll do to their ears, which is literally taking a chunk out of their ear in a certain pattern, and all their dogs will have that same you know, basic pattern. Um, once in a while, they are also actually um, branded. So 
So occasionally you will see a uh, Galgo that has a branding mark, and that, again, is, is done just so that they can identify their dogs. Um, but the microchips, they're all supposed to be microchipped. Um, there are an awful lot, though, that come into um, the shelters or Pereiras that do not have microchips. And, and about how many shelters are there currently in Spain that, uh, you know, bring in the dogs? You know, I don't really know a number of shelters, to be honest with you, um, and it's mainly because there are, are absolutely itty-bitty ones who literally have a couple of dogs and are trying to do it just on a local level, and then there are giant shelters that literally have hundreds of dogs. Um, as far as how many Galgos are there, there's about fifty to 100,000 that are bred every year. Um, the ones that actually make it to the coursing are very, very few, and they estimate there to be about 50,000 per year that are disposed of, whether that be, you know, let go, um, you know, mm-hmm. killed, uh, placed into Pereiras, placed into shelters. Uh, but, yeah, about 50,000 is what they estimate. Now, this past year was an extremely bad year, um, Basically, hunting goes from October to February. This past year, uh, the hunting started in October, and it was barely started when they noticed that there was a problem with the hare, and the hare um, population had a really difficult type of illness called myxomatosis, and it was something that was literally spreading like an epidemic throughout the hares all through Spain. And so they decided to call the racing season after only a few weeks of, um, you know, coursing. And mm-hmm. essentially, uh, they, all of the shelters filled up with Galgos. And, I mean, there was Galgos everywhere. Everybody was to their limit, and they were still finding Galgos disposed of. You know, again, the hunters, it's, it's similar in a sense in that the, the hunters don't want to have to pay for and take care of a dog for an extra year if they're not going to be able mm-hmm. to use it. Um, so, so yeah, it was a particularly bad year last year. Oh, wow. No, now, I, was, was this... Go ahead, Rory. No, I'll let you go ahead, and then I'll come in with mine. Oh, okay. Um, the the, um, Ill, the hair illness, was that in any yep. way um, able to be transmitted to the Galgos? It is not. Or was um, it, it is it only is okay. transmittable... To, you know, to the other hair, but the problem was it began spreading all through Spain, and reportedly now um, it's actually, I don't know if it's spreading, um, you know, at, at the level that it was in Spain, but supposedly it, it's actually in um, uh, the U.K. now, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, um, one of my personal beliefs is um, any any dog can has a chance to become a great pet, great dog if if given mm-hmm. the, the the right circumstances, uh, given the love. Yeah. Um, and we all know with the greyhounds are easily great pets. Um, how are the how are the galgos as as a pet? Um, are they you know just same temperament as the greyhound, or is there a little difference? Okay, there's definitely a difference. Um, they are, in fact, great pets. Um, so some of the differences are, number one, they get along great generally with other breeds. Um, so typically, uh, they grow up with exposure to other dogs. So where sometimes you have where a greyhound sort of is a little bit snobby and likes other greyhounds, but not so much other breeds of dogs, um, <laughs> these guys tend to uh, have been exposed to other breeds of dogs. So a lot of times there's not that... 
uh, you know, they don't really turn their nose up or look strangely or sideways at another dog, um, another breed of dog. So they typically get along great with other breeds. Um, they tend to be very animated and playful. So um, they are really kind of funny. I think they have a great sense of humor. Um, they can have a higher energy level. So, you know, you have to think of a greyhound, again, being a sprinter. Um, the Galgo not being a sprinter and being an endurance dog, they can definitely play for a longer time. Um, I have seen my Galgo by far outplay my greyhound, uh, you know, I would say maybe 10 to 1. So um, they tend to be very, very clever. Um, It's funny because you can actually see them sort of, uh, you know, working out problems and doing some problem solving. So um, I think that they're a little bit more clever than greyhounds tend to be. Um, They, uh, I would say, are the dramatic version of a greyhound. Some people call them the crazy cousin. I call them the more dramatic version. Um, They are more vocal, so it's not unusual to hear them kind of talking or even barking, so they're a little bit louder. Um, They have a little bit... When they come to you, depending on where they've come from, if you get them directly from uh, a group and they haven't been into a foster home, uh, they definitely have no manners. So all of that has to be learned. (laughs) If they've been in a foster home, however, they tend to be very quick learners. And, um, you know, we found that they really do, you know, quite well um, as far as just coming in and assimilating to the home. Um, They can be a little bit sensitive to sounds. Um, depending, you know, how they've grown up and where they've grown up, um, a lot of times uh, very loud sounds can be disturbing to them. So backfiring cars or, in our case here at, at my place, fireworks are our mortal enemy. Um, and it's because they've been exposed to, you know, gunshots and things that they've heard in Spain, and that can really just freak them out and kind of throw them back in their minds to that place. Uh, so, yeah. Right. Well, and, and fireworks... Um, uh, across the board, I mean, for for all breeds yep. is a big issue. So, yep. but uh, it is a big well, issue. And, and mentioning yeah. what they they endure while they're in Spain, one of the things I've heard mm-hmm. is there's a little bit of an issue with them initially with like uh, dark, like at night. Um, is, is does that mm-hmm. have any validity as to as to how they're kept in Spain versus when you they know, come over I, here? I, you know, and it's bedtime lights I out. Certainly I certainly have heard that as well. I haven't had the experience with it, but it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, you know, they're, they're kept not like, you know, greyhounds when they're racing are kept in kennels, and they're, you know, it, it's a very different situation than the way a goggo is kept. A goggo is kept in, you know, a, basically a, a shed, you know, and they're they're fed crap food, and, you know, I mean, they're lucky if they get scraps of bread to eat. Um, they're fighting for that because, you know, there's other, you know, goggles that are with them. And when I'm saying they're, they're kept in sheds, I mean, I'm, I'm talking literal sheds that, you know, nobody should be kept in. And so I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if they have some issues with um, dark. But like I said, I haven't experienced it personally, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Well, okay. I, I think um, this our, would be a good, our, go good point to just to let the listeners know is that Jen has actually been over to Spain, I think, several times. And. Uh, yep. A little later on, we, we do want to explore uh, your last trip over there, but I just did want to let the listeners yeah, know that you are actually experienced. You've been there. You've seen yeah. it. You've been through it. Exactly. Yeah, and more yep, than once. I see it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. What was that? I said, and you've been there and more that, than once. 
Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I love to go. That's the thing is it's, you know, I don't love to see the, the dogs in, you know, peril, but I love to go because we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. So um, right, one right. other thing is that um, they are a sight hound. So, um, you know, you do need to keep them on a leash when you are walking them, obviously. And they do need to have a, a six foot fence. Um, greyhounds can, or I'm sorry, goggles can do some jumping. And um, they don't necessarily jump the way a pedanko jumps. But they can definitely um, scale a six-foot fence if given the chance. Um, and they are a bit more agile than a greyhound in that they do, um, when they run, they can twist and turn. Um, they have been running on different terrain where, you know, you've got a, a greyhound who's run on a track. Um, Golgos will run on different terrain and sometimes even up in the hill. So they do tend to be a little bit more agile and uh, twisty and turny, which can be kind of interesting. So, But they also um, can learn to walk on a leash very, very well. Um, so unlike the greyhounds, in most cases, they haven't been trained to walk on a leash and, you know, um, you know kind of be paraded out. Um, they need to learn that. But again, they're very intelligent, very willing to learn, and they can do that very easily. And I mean, what I'm saying, like, in, in the first few times that you walk one, you can get them to walk on a leash very well. So. Hmm, interesting. Oh, cool. well, now, you, now that you had mentioned the uh, fence climbing, I know uh, with the greyhounds, mm-hmm. um, some of them, I had a female, that little female that could hop over a six-foot fence as she wanted to. But <laughs> my, my theory has always been if the dog loves where they're at and wants to be there with you, the, the risk is um, – little less that because they want to stay where they're where they're loved and where they want to be do you have you found any of that with the galgos um i think that that's true but i think that it, you know a lot of times it seems to me that the, the galgos who get out it's early in the adoption so um okay. you know i think i think the key to it is is to when you're adopting one you want to you know take that time to make sure that you are you know doing everything right so don't leave them unattended out in the yard you know make sure you're out there with them and uh you know be careful of the doors you know a greyhound or i'm sorry a galgo doesn't understand what a door is and you know that if it's left open you know they just run run out and keep running and uh, you know being an endurance runner they can run an awful long distance um, so, you know, I think you just need to be smart when you get a, an animal and make sure that you are, you know, taking all the steps that's proper to make sure that you set up the home. So it's like you said, someplace that they love and feel comfortable. Exactly. And it's a good Definitely reminder to our listeners, especially after uh, the, the uh, information about Sparky last week, to make sure you do mm-hmm. on a regular basis, check everything around your house, make sure yep. the, the gates are in working order and closed and locked. And um, the house, um, we even made sure we changed the doorknob on our front door so that a, a greyhound could not yeah. open it up. Um, yep. it, it's just important. Which, unfortunately, like that. we had that happen. Yeah. Um, you just want to make sure that it's really important out there. And with that, um, we will be right back after these messages with uh, more Galgo 101. And I'm sure you'll all learn even more. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. GPA, Greyhound Pets of America. We're talking cool greyhounds. Come on down to the GPA, cause the greyhounds need a good place to stay. Great with the kids, cause they love to play down at the GPA. While they've worked so hard, now they need a rest. But when you take one home, you see they're the best. Greyhound Rocket says it on my best. Come and see us at the GPA. Come on down to the GPA. Call 800-366-1472. Or contact greyhoundpets.org. 
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. are listening to Greyhounds Make Great Pets with Rory, TJ, and Kathy. To find out more about the show and what we do, please send an email to gmgp3 at yahoo.com. That's gmgp3 at yahoo.com. Now, back to Greyhounds Make Great Pets. Why, thank you, Mr. Medium Voice Announcer Guy. Yes, you are listening to Greyhounds Make Great Pets on Voice America, and we will be continuing with more Galgo 101 with our guest, Jennifer Janiak-Ross of Galgo Padenko Support in just a bit. But right now, pondering the fact that since there is only one of me, should I be considered endangered or a limited edition? Well, I am Kathy, and you've just entered Blondieville. Make plans to attend the 31st annual Greyhound Homecoming and Make Peace Picnic on Saturday, September 21st in Hopewell Township, New Jersey to benefit Make Peace with Animals, who are celebrating 31 years of helping greyhounds find their forever homes. Learn more by visiting their website at makepeacewithanimals.org. Now, if you're really into planning ahead, don't miss the first Sighthound Bash of the 2020 season. The Solvang Gathering Hounds of the World is an annual event held in picturesque Solvang, California on January 19th. Sorry, that is wrong. Scratch that. It is held on January 9th through the 12th, 2020. It's a weekend filled with Sighthounds. Greyhounds, Gaggos, and Padenkos, oh my, Whippets and Iggies too, who all come together with their owners for an event that truly focuses on the hounds of the world. I know I'm going to be there. I'm pretty sure Rory will be there. So you all better be there with us. Registration will be opening the beginning of September. Be sure to like and follow the Saldane Gathering on Facebook for oodles, more info and updates. Royce Images Photography in York, Pennsylvania offers personalized and custom photography with an extensive portfolio featuring unique and creative approaches to any session. Royce Images is committed to photos that are natural and realistic that capture the truest essence of each moment from engagement and wedding to families, children and newborns and pets too. You can also arrange your commercial or product sessions as well as get new professional business photos. With Royce Images, you truly can have it all. To schedule an appointment, contact Royce Images Photography at 717-887-4860 or visit their website or Facebook page. Be sure to catch... Ah, boy, it's going to be a rough one today. Be sure to catch Kicks live at the Iowa State Fairgrounds on Saturday, August 17th. The show starts at 7 p.m. and tickets are going fast. So visit kicksband.com to get concert info and tour updates. Now, I would be remiss not to remind you to be sure to like Greyhounds Make Great Pets on Facebook. Just look for our GMGP scooter logo. 
because he's such a cutie. And you can also give us a tweet on Twitter where we're known as GMGP Inc. And follow us on Instagram where we can be found at GMGP3. And that's what's shaken in Blondieville this week. Well, thank you, Miss. Thank you, Miss Blondie. Well, it was nice you uh, mentioned the the Solvang because I think everyone should know at the Solvang gathering. And uh, I know there's events all throughout the country, but I, the one thing I'm going to say about the Solvang gathering is you have people there that have not just greyhounds; they have galgos and um, whip. You know, it's it's just almost everything there. And what I really love about the event is everyone there is so respectful of each other and so willing to learn about other things. And it's really a great event. And I mean, I know last year, um, Jen spoke and also the Rosa project spoke and it's mm-hmm. really, it was really fascinating to learn some of this stuff. So it's an event. I think, come on out. You're going to learn something. Um, that is, even if you're just into greyhounds, it's going to benefit you, um, with your with your own dogs you're going to learn something even though they may be talking about something else you're going to learn something that is going to enhance that relationship you have with the with the dogs in your house i guarantee it definitely and you know the the un, another good part about the solving gathering is that we truly do all come together for the friendship and the fellowship and we do put the dogs first it's it's not there's no underlying anything. It's just kind of like, you know what, we're going to chill. We're going to enjoy our dogs. We're going to meet new people, have some pastries. Yeah, we're going to have some wine, have some good food, enjoy the the views and, and the atmosphere. And it is truly a great weekend. Right. And, and this year, um, Jen is going to be one of our speakers. And she's going to be sharing with, um, with the people in attendance um, some of her experience in Spain Um what she got to see from her last trip there, I do believe. I will indeed. And thank you. I have to also say that um, you guys have always been so, so welcoming to Galgo Padenko's support and supporting the Galgos, frankly, long before some other people, you know, did or even knew about it. And we so appreciate it. And, and I, I second and third this. Um, it is a great weekend. It's so much fun. And the city of Solvang is so welcoming. And, I mean, it, I just had the best time when I'm up there. Um, so I highly recommend you guys go as well. So, yeah. <laughs> And that's an unpaid uh, advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I just know that, like, with the Rosa Project, um, I'm just – th- yep. I have learned so much there and how she works yep. with, the do- with those dogs and – to me, yeah, I've tell learned stuff. Tell about what it is. It's sure. Well, well, sure. So, so the Rosa Project is a. Um, there's a lovely vet. Um, she's an equine vet. Her name is Chris Ann Colado, and she began a program called the Rosa Project, and it's named after a Padenko named Rosa, who was literally just completely shut down, and um, so far, it has been uh, Padenkos that she's been um, focusing on, and it was primarily tiny Padenkos, but in this case, the last one is a, a big Padenko named Dante. But um, oftentimes, they're, they're so shut down that they don't make great pets the way they are. So they've been in a shelter. They've been sort of flagged out as uh, a shutdown dog, 
And Chrisanne uh, goes over and uh, brings him back from Spain, takes him into her own home, and along with her dogs, um, just literally rehabilitates them. And they uh, travel with her to her different equine um, uh, clients, and they go through training at um, a training center up there, and she has guidance. And it's amazing how she rehabilitates these dogs. And, and when they're ready, they find homes. And so their prospective owners come out, they meet them, they train with them, and then they go into their homes. And I personally know people who have adopted some of the Rosa Project dogs. And I know the dog before, and then I know the dog as a pet. And it's literally transformational as far as what the dogs go through. And Rory's right in that it's so fascinating to listen to Chris Ann talk, and she shares about all the different things that she goes through and learns from each dog. Um, again, if you just come up there to learn some stuff um, at Solvang, you will totally learn um, just how to even look at your dog differently through the eyes of Chris Ann. So that's the exactly. Rosa Project. I mean, and I, I've just learned so much from listening to Chris Ann talk. And, you know, we in, in the greyhound mm-hmm. world, we do have some greyhounds that are very shy and all that. And it's like yep. looking at how she works with these dogs is like she just does yep. an amazing, wonderful job and very talented yep. and a great speaker. So, if, yeah, people come to the mm-hmm. Solvane event this year. You're going to hear her again. And yep. you will you will come out educated. Yep. Yep. And, Guaranteed. and possibly be able to buy some fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> but not from Chris Ann. No. <laughs> well, um, well, before we, you know, because, I mean, I, I just see the show going overtime and we can't do that. So before we, we run out of time, Jen, um, share yep. with us some of your experiences with going over to Spain, yeah. what you see, yeah, sure. what happens, sure. all about the ducks. So, so I am affectionately known as uh, Thomas Shaw's travel buddy. So Thelma Shaw is the founder and president of Galgo Pudenko Support, and she's been doing this for longer than anybody else I know who's been doing uh, placement of Galgos. And um, I began traveling with her in uh, 2000, I guess it was 14. And uh, we make trips uh, at least once a year. Um, Essentially what we do is we go into Malaga, which is the um, southern part of Spain on the Mediterranean, and that's where we have, uh, we, we work with all small um, rescues, and so these are all rescues that Tama has known personally for many, many years from their inception, and these are people who are literally on the front, and they are little guys who are taking as many dogs as they possibly can take, and frankly, sometimes more than they probably should, uh, because you can't say no, and um, they're literally doing everything they can for the dogs. And so um, in the Malaga area, we work with a group called GEF, which is Goggles and Familia. Um, and they, again, are a very old group as far as this goes. Um, they've been around for 10-plus years. And um, we work with them. We work with another group called Pedenkos y Mas, which is Pedenkos and more, and they've got Goggles, Pedenkos, and other kinds of dogs. Um, and those are the ones in Malaga. And then in the Sevilla area, we work with um, a great group called Argos, which is um, they basically, they actually have a few cats, believe it or not, but they take literally any kind of dog. Um, they end up with quite a few Pedankos and quite a few Galgos, um, but they also have other dogs like Mestines, which are the big 
uh, National Dog of Spain, which are a, a big Mastiff type of dog, but a different breed. Um, they also have lots of mixed breeds. Um, and then there's a group um, down in the Almonte area, which is a little bit south of Sevilla, and that's called um, Casa de Postas. And they are a great group that basically have a ranch type of situation. Again, lots of Padankos. Um, they do have Galgos as well. And then they also have some other farm animals like pigs and goats and um, sheep and even a couple of horses that they don't keep locally, but they um, have rescued and we visit. So when we go on these trips, um, we have a couple of goals. So one of the goals is to meet the dogs. Um, We're always looking for dogs and new dogs to come into the program that we can uh, try to find homes for, um, whether it be through our adopters or even just throughout the world. So um, there are groups like Galgo Padenko Support all over the world who are looking to find homes for Galgos, Padenkos, and other dogs. So our number one goal is to, you know, meet those dogs and try to profile them and get people interested in them. Um, we also find what is needed at the shelters. So like I said, these shelters are small shelters. Um, they're on the forefront and they need help. They don't get help from within Spain. So there's nobody like the ASPCA or anything like that who are overseeing any of these groups or, or giving any help. Um, and frankly, they receive very, very, very little funding from within their own country. So um, that's another big aim of Galgo Padenko support, and that's to do fundraising and find out what their needs are. So sometimes their needs are as simple as they need to put up shade in an area. So, you know, we'll talk about that and figure out how to do a fundraiser for that. Sometimes it's a fundraiser for food. So, um, you know, sometimes it's a fundraiser for, uh, like, there's a male Galgo project, which is to... Uh, raise money to try to get male goggles out of the, the shelters that they're in. So we talk to the different groups about things like that. Um, and then when we're over there, invariably, we end up going on rescues. So it's not unusual for a group to have heard about a dog that's running loose someplace, you know, whether it be uh, on the side of a road, in a factory area, something like that. And oftentimes we'll go um, on basically a little hunting trip where we're trying to actually trap a dog and, you know, get them into safety and get them some help. Um, So we travel to these different rescues and uh, in the process we have an awful lot of fun because these people are absolutely the best people you'll ever meet. And um, we get to meet an awful lot of, of lovely dogs. So that's sort of what our trips are based on. Well, and I, I did just uh, now, you brought up a question in my mind, because uh, for most people mm-hmm. we know in the greyhound world, if a greyhound gets out, you should always have a squawker at home and use, help use the squawker to yep. you know, retrieve the greyhound. Does a squawker work with yep. them? or? Mm, not that I have ever heard that it works with them. I would tend to think that if anything, they might go the other way. Like I said, they're, they're very, very crafty, and so oftentimes it's actually pretty hard to catch them when they're out out and about. So usually trapping is what seems to work the very best. And the traps are very humane traps. Um, I mean, the the people who have, there's actually trapping specialists. And uh, sometimes if you can't catch a Galgo or a Padenko, you actually will call one of those guys in and they'll come and they'll set up a trap. And it's it's a big trap. And like I said, it's very humane, Um, but it's just a way to be able to get them um, because sometimes these dogs have been out, you know, living kind of in the wild for quite a while. 
Um, and in a lot of cases, if it's a female, um, it's not unusual for them to have had a few litters. Um, and so they're used to not only protecting themselves and keeping themselves from getting caught, but they're used to keeping their puppies from getting caught as well. Hmm. Are you, do you have to take any extra protection when you have an in, encountered one that's uh, more feral or maybe a mama that is more, you know, protective or a little more touchy? Or do they yeah, you know, kind of acclimate quickly? To- you know, you, you, I think that, that it's kind of it's on a per dog basis. I mean, sometimes, yes, they are maybe a hair feral, especially like if they're protecting something like that or even protecting something like, say, if they're injured and they don't want you to touch, you know, an area of them. Um, but generally mm-hmm. they seem to sort of just shut down sort of once they, they kind of resolve the fact that they're caught, they sort of almost give up. Okay, huh. but I mean, as as with any with any animal, with with care and with love and and a good yeah. meal and a bath, exactly. um, they're they're going to come around. And it's not like you're basically taking them off the street, out of the wild, putting them in a plane no. and and bringing them, you know, to a new home in the U.S. Oh, no. So you know, Definitely there there not. are steps. Not. Right. Yes. Let yes. me just interject one question. You know. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um. Are are the galgos, uh, you know, like with greyhounds or or large bone dogs, you know, they'll be they'll be osteo with with German shepherds. You have mm-hmm. the hip dysplasia. Are are mm-hmm. galgos prone? You know, general across the board. Is there anything that does pop up with them illness wise or or disease wise that that you find that they, you know, are they have in Spain, whereas we don't have it here in in the U.S. Is there you know anything like that going so, on that that we should know about? I, I would say. The biggest question is, is the osteo question. And interestingly enough, osteo doesn't seem to be a situation with the galgo. So, um, nor does really, really some of the cancers that, yeah, which is kind of interesting. So, as of right now, I would say the cancer situation and the osteo situation, no. Um, as far as, uh, you know, they, it's not unusual for them to have, you know, ehrlichia, um, even filaria, um, scabies, things like that. But those are all things that are... Mm-hmm you know, at this point, really easily taken care of. And that's things that um, they get a blood test when they are um, taken into one of the rescue groups. They, they're tested, and if they have a situation like, you know, a disease like that, then that's taken care of. Um, there is a disease called Leish or Leishmania, and um, that mm-hmm. is a disease that we see that can be prevalent um, in the dogs. It's, it comes from a sand flea. And it's a disease that can sit dormant, and then it can raise its ugly head. Um, but uh, it's also a disease that they, if, if noticed and treated, it can be easily treated, um, and it can be taken down to, you know, very, very low numbers. But it is something to be aware of that you should have, if you adopt a Gogo or a Pedanko, you should have them test- tested for, you know, Mediterranean diseases to make sure that they don't have any numbers that are coming up. Because, like I said, once you have those numbers, you can deal with them, but you don't want it to get out of control. So, it, but as right. far as, like no. I said, I, I think, yeah, yeah. Is there somewhere, um, let's say, because like Kathy and I with our greyhounds, our veterinarian obviously knows Mm -hmm. greyhounds, but is there somewhere, if we were to adopt one today, that we could get information to share with our vet so he could at least then know a little bit of what he should be looking for? Yeah. So, you know, um, 
one of the groups that um, we also work with is um, GG, which is Grateful Greyhounds, and that's Lisa Sally's group there on, uh, in Long Island. And they have a vet there named Dr. Longo, and um, she has just been amazing with her understanding of not only the Greyhounds, but also the Galgos. And I know that she talks to a lot of people who have issues with leishmania or some other um, diseases. So that's usually what I would recommend is, um, and you know, the, the wonderful thing with social media is now everybody is connected. And so, um, you know, I know that there's somebody right now who just has a dog who, you know, is dealing with that and, you know, they're reaching out and talking to different people. And um, so, yeah, that's what I would recommend is that um, through Lisa Sally, you can get in touch with Dr. Longo um, on the, the East Coast, and she is definitely an authority on Galgos. Excellent. Well, we have just a couple of minutes left, so I want to make sure you mm-hmm. shared with our listeners um, the Facebook page, website, um, any yep. information that they should have. Yep. So um, if you're interested, there is, um, I am a volunteer for Galgo Pedenko Support, and the website is galgopedenkosupport.org. Um, you can also go to Grateful Greyhounds. Uh, as I said, she does, um, that's Lisa Sally's group, and she does not only Greyhounds, but she's brought uh, literally at this point well over 150 um, Galgos and Patinkos into her group. And so she uh, is also a traveling partner of ours, and uh, she can be available at gratefulgreyhounds.org. Um, and that's Lisa Shally. And we are, of course, all over the place as far as Facebook goes. And um, if you are interested, Galgo Pedenko support on Facebook. Um, and there's also right now a Galgo Pedenko support fundraiser group, which is for doing fundraising for some of the different programs that we run with great Galgo Pedenko support. Well, Jen, I want to thank you and all the volunteers for what you do. You guys are doing an amazing job. And um, it's just really fascinating to get to know you and learn what you're doing. I highly respect all the all the work all the volunteers are doing. Uh, you guys are, you know, just doing an amazing job. And so please uh, uh-huh. thank you know Telma everyone for doing such a wonderful job. And thank you again for well, being our you. guest today. I'd like to thank our engineer Aaron for p- putting on another great show, and our producer Tacy. We love you, everyone. Hug those hounds all over the world, and remember. We all love each other. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening this week to Greyhounds Make Great Pets. Please join your hosts, Rory Goray, TJ Beater, and Kathy Goray for another edition of our program next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a wonderful week.